Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Amen. Praise the Lord. We thank the Lord for the excitement that is being generated in our youth department as, as they're building this group of young people for the kingdom of God. Let me mention to you if you have anyone in your family who is struggling with addictions of any type, uh, maybe a close friend of you, Brother Bill Sullivan will be giving his testimony next Sunday and singing for us how God delivered him out of a life of drugs, not only a user, but a dealer as well, and uh, the effects of what those drugs had on him and how God has miraculously delivered him from it. And that is a great testimony. So next Sunday, amen. Next Sunday, he's going to be sharing with us his testimony and singing for us. Great talent for the kingdom of God. And we're happy and excited of what the Lord is doing. Well, it's so good to see you in the house of the Lord today. What an honor and what a blessing it is to be able to speak to you today. I've been double blessed in my family. I like to say this every Mother's Day. I had two great mothers. I had one who gave birth to me and who died when I was just a baby. Then I had a, another mother that the Lord sent into my life when I was just three years old. And she nurtured me and raised me and loved me and I have been so abundantly blessed in my life with these good, strong women. So I praise the Lord today to be able to recognize and appreciate this strength of motherhood and what it can do. What a powerful, powerful force. I want to talk a little bit today about the woman's place. I know we've heard people say from time to time, I'm going to put you in your place. Now we're going to talk about a woman's place today. I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 16. And I want to uh, speak to you. Uh, verses 1 and 2 is a good place for us to start here in uh, Romans chapter 16. He said, I commend unto you Phoebe our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Sincrea, that you receive her in the Lord as becometh saints, and that you assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you, for she hath been a succorer to many and of myself also. I wanted to read that because I want you to recognize that the Bible has always been a place where women have been elevated and raised to a higher level. It, the feminist movement that started and became uh, so you know, recognized in the last few years, well, the Bible has always been a book that gives women full rights in every sense of the word. Matter of fact, that word servant there, diakonos, in the Greek, I looked it up in the Greek text again this morning in chapter 1, excuse me, in verse 1, when it talks about a servant of the church, that's the Greek word diakonos, which in other places is, um, is translated uh, minister. And some places it's called deacon. Uh, in 
1 Timothy where it talks about the deacons. It's that same word diakonos. And it, it talks about being a servant, someone who serves. Jesus said, he that is greatest among you must be servant of all. So I wanted you to recognize that, that the Apostle Paul here to the church at Rome is recognizing Phoebe as a great sister and servant of the Lord and is asking that the people in the church at Rome was to give her the full credentials and the full notice that she should have as if she were a man. Because that was a, that was a culture that looked at women as nothing more than just cattle or chattel property, so to speak. And women were literally owned by men. So it was very necessary in a culture like this church in Rome and much of the Greek culture, the woman was nothing more than like a cow or a camel, if you please, in that day. I can remember a few years ago when the kind of programs that were on television were Ozzie and Harriet. Anybody remember Ozzie and Harriet? Anybody remember Father Knows Best? All of us, uh, you know, of the older genre of people, we remember those shows and it, it talked about the family, talked about the unity of the family, the love of the father and the mother and the children and how they solved the various problems that they encountered by sticking together as a family. Now, because of some reason, gender roles have become very confusing and fuzzy. So that we have now, instead of, the, instead of those kind of things, we have the Simpsons, and we even have Ozzy Osbourne's family being lifted up as a person of great popularity and great fame. My things have changed a lot. The next, our children, when they were growing up, you know, it was the Brady Bunch and it was the Cosbys and just clean type family programs. And now it seems as if uh, the programs have, have become the sitcoms, have become the place where the man is almost like a blithering idiot. He's played up to be ignorant. He's played up to be sloppy. Played up to be someone who would be a lot less than what any other woman would want to be sitting beside in church on a Sunday morning. And I resent that. I resent that because that is not the biblical view of a man. It is showing the mom as being the one who has it all together who takes care of the family business, who fixes up herself and looks nice and takes up for her husband and he's wallowing around looking like he just crawled out of the bed all day long. And I just feel like we're giving a wrong picture and a, and a wrong perspective to our young people today about what fatherhood and what uh, these family unit and structure should be about. I wouldn't want to be a woman, especially in today's world. Today's world's hard and tough. The supermodels starve themselves so they can get into their clothes 
And that's supposed to make you feel less. These movie stars who have their own personal cosmetic people who work very hard to make them as beautiful as they can, and yet it makes you feel like that you're not a person of value if you can't measure up to that standard. And especially if you're one of the women who have made a decision to work at home and to bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You are made to feel like you are less than a human almost. And again, I resent that because I don't feel like that that is a true picture of what God intended for us to believe about man or about woman. God took a lot of great pride in making man. When the Bible declares, when God had made the heavens and the earth, He looked at them and they were good. But He recognized that something else was needed. So He made man in His own likeness and in His own image. And He breathed into the man's nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. And then he saw that it was not good for man to be alone. And therefore he made him a helper. Someone who would be by his side. Someone who would be committed to him. To carry out his life and his purpose. And then God looked at man. And the Bible says that he said it was very good. So it was a step above just being good. It was very good. We are the masterpiece of God's creation. And we need to understand that. And I I want to feel like that the home should be the most important place in your life. I know that many times we find our significance at work or with other people. But the home should be the one place that you look forward to going to every day. It is the place where you're nurtured, where you're loved, where you're accepted, is the home. You may not be perfect. You may not look like the Hollywood stars. You may not be able to get into the clothes you could 10 years ago. But when you're home, that's home. And I tell you what, I want to see again us recognize that everything that has to do with God is about relationships. You cannot be a real Christian without a relationship with God. And that's why God made the home. So we could practice relationships. It ought to be the place where the man steps up to the front and takes his place as the priest and as the head of the home in a spiritual sense and sets the tone and sets the stage for the whole family. Not relegate to your wife what we should be doing. But that's what the Lord has called us to do. And the only way I can find meaning in my life is for me to have relationship with my family, my wife, 
my children, my grandchildren, our great-grands, our cousins, our families. Family is important. It's just about time for me to take Connor with me. I took Bryce with me years ago down to where their great-great-grandfather is buried. I let them stand at the foot of that grave and I look at that. It has Howell written on the headstone. And I tell them, that is your great-great-grandfather. Then I take them to where my father is buried and said, this is your great-grandfather. And I'm your grandfather. I'm also great. (laughs) And I'm your grandfather. Because I want them to see that your whole life is based on relationships and other people who have gone ahead of you and have paid some tremendous prices and made some great sacrifices for you to be where you are today. We're enjoying the blessings of God in an air-conditioned, beautiful building that the Lord has given us when our parents and our grandparents worship God right out in the open or some little old brush arbor that was put up on the side of the road when they were hated and talked about and people even threw eggs at them and threw tomatoes at them because they didn't want those churches in their community. But we are standing on the shoulders of great men and women of God who paid a huge price that we could be where we are today. Hallelujah. It is in the home where we learn how to live with one another, where we learn how to solve problems, where we learn that love is more than a little queasy feeling in the pit of your stomach. Love is a commitment. Love is commitment. You cannot have real love without commitment. Because throughout the years, when you no longer look like you once did, when you can no longer do some of the things that you once could do, it's in the home where you're still loved. It's in the home where you're still recognized for your value and for your importance. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, I want to brag on this little woman of mine a little bit. I don't do a lot of that because she's very uncomfortable when I do that because she just doesn't like to be in the spotlight. But home is where ministry takes place. Home is where we minister to one another. She and I minister to each other in the home. We pray for one another. We encourage each other. We lift up each other. It's in the home that we bind up emotional wounds. And there are times when we have to put our arms around each other and pray and ask the Lord to give comfort and guidance and wisdom when we don't know which way to go. But it's in the home that we learn how to do those things. And this is where so many of our children today are losing out because they don't have that parent structure in the home. So many children are growing up today not knowing how a father should treat his wife. Amen, preacher. Many of our children today are growing up not seeing how a woman should love her husband. 
And how children should love their parents and parents should love and respect and honor their children. And because we don't have a family structure, because we don't have the example set before us, many of our children are going into life having no idea whatsoever what it means to be a parent. God help us. We need to encourage one another and encourage the home. It's as we minister to the home. And a woman's place is in the home first of all. Don't think for one moment that it's not important that she be in the home. But I don't want to stop there. Not only is a woman's place in the home, the woman's place is out there in the world too. Lest we not understand her great promises and her great potential. In the, in the book of Proverbs chapter 31, I, knew, I know you knew I would get there eventually. In Proverbs chapter 31, I want you to read, I want to read verses 16 to 19 and then verses 24. Proverbs chapter 31 verse 16 It says, she considereth the field, talking about a woman. She considereth the field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. In other words, a good woman, a woman after God's heart, is a businesswoman as well. She has a place out there in the world. She's not just to bear children and feed them, and change diapers, and mop the floors. But she has something to contribute to the world. And look at what he says about it. She has the business head to look at a field, and of course this is speaking in agricultural terms, because it was an agricultural society. And he said she has the ability to look at a field, and and find out, and figure out, that that would be a good investment. So she buyeth it. And she bought it with the fruit of her hands and she planted a vineyard with that same hands in that same field that she considered and bought. She planted a vineyard. Look at verse 17. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. In other words, she is perfectly capable of doing what has to be done. If her arms need to be strengthened, she'll strengthen her arms. Whatever it takes. Verse 18 says, She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. In other words, I know what I've got and I know it's worth something. Look at that. And she never stops. Her candle goeth not out even by night. She's still working and doing when other people have stopped. Isn't a woman great? All right, verse 19, one more. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. In other words, she is making garments. She is blending the the yarn and all of it together, making clothes for her household. So a woman's place is in the world as well. 
Hallelujah. I want you to see that we can live in a, in a way in which we recognize the value of a woman. God saw that it was not good for a man to be alone. Now, you know, I could make a few jokes about that, but I'm not in a joking mood right now. But we recognize the place of the woman by the side of a man. Now, God made man directly out of the dust of the earth. So we're kind of crude. But God didn't make woman out of the dust. God brought the woman from the side of the man. So the man is once removed from the ground. The woman is twice removed from the ground. Because she didn't come out of the dirt. That's why that old dirty husband of yours, he don't mind his shop being nasty. He doesn't mind his old clothes balled up in the back of his pickup truck. Doesn't bother him a bit. My wife goes out there and gets a hold of my shop. I tell her, I said, baby, this is not the Taj Mahal. This is my shop. By the time she walks out there, she's wiping something, she's picking up something, she grabs the broom and goes to sweeping, you know, and she just wants it to be an extension of the household. But you got to remember us men are crude. I didn't say cruel, I said crude. So, you know, we can live out of the back of our pickup truck and it doesn't bother us. Now, you women, you put that little touch. You give us the softer side that we don't have by nature. By nature, we don't know how to be tender and put our hands on people in a tender way. I mean, we just grab it and do it. Don't worry about what it feels like. And you ladies, you want to dress it up and make it just right and make it perfect. But I want you to see that there is a reason why the woman completes the man. And there's so many men that have never really grown up and taken their place as the head of their family. And that's a sad, sad situation that we're living in today. I heard T.D. Jakes in one of his messages, he made such a poignant point about that. He said, when we're bringing up our little girls, we give them doll babies and, and we give them little play kitchens and little pots and pans and they're stirring. We've already seen it even with, with, with these two great grands. They love to play with these little pots and pans and pretend that they're cooking. And the boys, we give them pickup trucks and guns. So when the girls get grown, they've got this picture in themselves of babies. They've been rocking doll babies. And they've been playing with pots and pans. So it is, it is natural for them to do that kind of thing because that's the way their mind is structured. But unfortunately for most young men, they've been brought up, you know, and they never really saw that side and of, of how to be a father 
Folks, it is not about a bigger and better anything. It's about relationships, about loving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath loved us and forgiven us, we learn to forgive one another. Hallelujah. The woman has a place. The woman has a place beside the man. And it's important for us to realize in that very same thing. I saw something interesting. According to the United Nations statistics, women constitute over 50% of the world's population. Women do three-fourths of the world's work. They receive one-tenth of the world's salaries. And they own one-one-hundredth of the world's land. Women are major players in keeping the world going, but less than their share of the compensation. One bumper sticker said, Real women don't have hot flashes, they have power surges. I think that's probably true. Because most women can work a ring around most men. <laughs> of course, in, in certain things. Let me put it that way. But I tell you what, on this Mother's Day, if I can, I want to instill in you a feeling of value and pride in being a mom, being a woman, a special person whom God has created. Then thirdly and lastly, the woman has a place in the church. She has a place in the home. She has a place in the world. But she also has a place in the church. We know that the church could not possibly exist without the women who do so much of the work in the church. Any good pastor will recognize that his greatest source of strength and, and accomplishment is in the women who work in the church. Most men, is kinda, they're kind of standoffish and they don't just get in there and do it. They're going to stand back and wait till somebody else starts and then they might do it. But women will grab it and go with it and show us how to do it. That's the nature that God has put in each, every one of them. I want, you to, I want you to realize as you read through the Bible, you recognize this group of women that were so faithful to Jesus. They were always by His side faithfully serving Him. And remember that the women were the last ones to leave the cross when Jesus died and were the first ones at the tomb on the morning of the resurrection. Women were faithful. You could depend on them. That is a great thing. There was a large group of women in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when the power of God fell from heaven and the Holy Ghost was given, hallelujah, there was a large group of women involved there. Anna was the very first one who told about Jesus being the Messiah. Remember Deborah in the Old Testament being a great judge and a great carrier of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I want you to see that over and over. Women are valuable people. 
And I'm just, I'm just really get sick of not recognizing these women and the great job that they do, not only in the church, but out there in the world. How many offices in this nation could run if it were not for the hundreds of secretaries and assistants and people who do the work? Our daughter is a nurse. She works in labor and delivery. She tells me the nurses do the delivering of the baby. The doctor only comes in at the very last, signs his name to it, and gets the biggest paycheck. But the nurses actually do the job and deliver the babies. Same thing in almost every business in America. So women, kudos to you. I honor you today. I say happy Mother's Day to you. You are valuable. You are important. You are a part of the kingdom of God. You have a place in the home. You have a place out there in the business world. You also have a place in the church. Tony Campolo's wife, I don't agree with Tony Campolo in a lot of things, but his wife is brilliant. She has a PhD and is capable of having a great rewarding career. But she chose to stay home and raise her family as long as they were young. And here's what she said. People would ask her, what do you do? She would answer, I'm a homemaker. I stay home and take care of my children and my husband. People would look embarrassed for her and cut the conversation short. So she decided to come up with a different response. The next time someone asked her what she did, she said, I'm socializing two homo sapiens in Judeo-Christian virtues so they will appropriate the eschatological values of utopia. What do you do? Amen? All right. Blessings to you. Let's stand together. What an awesome time in the Lord today as we recognize our women and we recognize their value in the kingdom of God. After all of these years, life has become good and better and better and better. Physically, not where we were one time, but as far as being able to enjoy life, I enjoy little things that I never even noticed as I was growing up and as our children were growing up. As you get older, you become more sensitive to the things around you to the people around you. And they begin to mean more and more and more to you. Because you see, God is preparing you for that moment when you're going to make a crossing and you're going to leave this old world and you're going to go to the next one. So He's letting you get to the place that these earthly things don't mean nearly as much to you. And you can turn them loose at any time.
Remember the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and wanted the part of the kingdom of God. Jesus said, well listen, if you'll go sell what you have and give to the poor, you can come follow me and you'll have riches in heaven. But he was very rich and he was young and he couldn't realize that what Jesus was offering was more valuable than what he had. So he went away sorrowful. So I want you to understand today what it means to be a Christian is far more important than how much money you have in the bank, how much your home costs, how much your car is worth, being a child of God, having friends in the family of God, and having a home where you love one another and you lift up and support one another. That's things that money cannot buy. Amen. As we pause together at the end of this service, I want you, if you have members of your family with you today, I don't want to embarrass anyone, but I just want you to look down the row and see the members of your family. And I want you to thank God for them. Thank God that you're in a position that you can still have these people in your life. My dad's been gone a long time. My mother's been gone a long time. I've lost four siblings in the last five years. So I understand the thinning out of the family. And it makes me realize more and more just how important life really is and how important families are. Father, I lift you up in the name of Jesus. I thank you today for all of these people who have come out to your house to give glory to your name. Lord, I just pray that you would be glorified in everything that is said and done here today. God, we bless you. God, we praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. For you are a great God and you are worthy to be praised. And we honor you today and we bless your name. At the end of this service today, if there's anyone in this church who does not know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, I want to give you the opportunity to come to know Him today. If you will come, I will join you here at the front of this altar and we will pray together for you to know Jesus Christ that you could serve Him and find in Him that full strength that you need in your life to walk in the presence and in the power of God. Do we have anyone in here today who will accept this invitation to receive Jesus Christ this morning as your Savior and your Lord? Now, Father, we bless you, we thank you, and we give you grace. Now may the saving grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the sweet communion and fellowship of the Holy Ghost, rest and abide with us both now and forevermore. Amen. Don't forget the last Sunday of this month, two weeks from today, will be Membership Sunday. I've had some folks asking me about it. So the last Sunday of this month, we'll have another Membership Day for those who want to join the church. God bless you and thank you for coming.